This is CliffCentral.com. Please be aware that this show contains crude and foul language. If you are sensitive to topics like science or religion, we cordially invite you to please fuck off now. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. It is an absolute delight to speak to you this morning, this beautiful Friday in Johannesburg, February the 9th. Ek praat mooi Engels, want ons het een Engelse gas later, en ons moet, uh, reis van Britannia, so hy verstaan nie, fok Afrikaans nie, so we have to speak English more and more as the show progresses. Okay, Hannes? Um, yes, uh, okay. I, am, I am prepared and ready. A wonderful English, yes. I love that. The Queen's English will be speaking. Yes, because this guy has got a wonderful accent. Mm. We're going to speak later to Jeremy Thompson, who was a newsreader on Sky. Maar ons kan nou bykie Afrikaans praat, well, dankie heren. Hallo yeah. Kevin. Hallo Kasper, hoe gaan het? Oh, seksa. <laughs> Is die pille. Oeh, oeh, wat is die pille het jy in? Het is een lang story. Mm-hmm. So, ek, ek het die hoofdpijn gehad gister, die migraine slaan my gewonnen uh, plat. I was in bed, I missed two very important meetings yesterday. En toe, gister aand, en toe vraag vir een pijnpil, en toe sê al, wena, gaan vir my pilletje, toe stop is op pilletje in my hand, het gaan vir my pijn wegslaan, en toe vir my die pil gee, vir oogend ons wakker word, huh? en toe sê vir my um, ooggaat, sê ek het vir die verkeerde pil gee. So we don't know what tablet he gave me. So if anyone can WhatsApp us, and tell us, uh, dis, a, dis a kapsule, ja. dit is wit, ja. en royal blue. Het jy erection? No, I don't. So, ons weet wat het nie is nie. Ja. Ja, ja, ja. Maar is daar nie een blauw pool nie? Jy het gesê Royal Blue. Royal Blue. Jy het jy nou gesê nie? Maar Viagra is a mix tussen Royal Blue en Baby Blue. Ok, how do we know? I don't know, from what I've read. Yes, sir. Jy is nie net bekommerd oor die reksie nie, jy is bekommerd oor die color palette oor. Yes, 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 indeed gepraat van kalapallet, ek het die kalapurple gaan kyk in die, oh it's beautiful, is it? oh it's beautiful, I cried so much, that uh, but people like Bernard and so were laughing because they'd never seen me cry like this, and I had snot blowing down my cheeks oh my goodness, but uh, we're going to have them next week, the cast oh amazing, yeah, oh lovely but okay, so it's all about me, 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 migraine Always mm. me, 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 grain, Gavin. Mm. It's always mm. me, me, me. Wait, I'm confused. Grain. I'm making a joke about me, me, and grain. Oh, uh, okay, okay. You see, that's... <laughs> Gavin, let me vandag so bieke denk aan, um, destijds in Francina Vark. Ah! Sy het so hotel gehad, maar een van haar gast die een keer was, ek denk het was Thaibrand Slang. En yeah. hy, hy het pille vir sy sene wees en pille vir sy jig. Uh, alles pille gedrink. Okay. Okay, so it's a white pill. If people know, they must watch up. It's a white pill with royal blue connections. So it's, it's yeah, there's wit, 
Dis half maar, maar, the wit, half the blow. Maar waar kry al wie nou dit? Dit weet kom, kom uit sy sak uit, hy kom van Botswana af gister. Oh Botswana my so. god! So if anybody knows, WhatsApp ons, 079-748-2090, asjeblief, en sê vir ons WhatsApp pillet ek gedrink. Okay, in English, yeah. for Jeremy Thompson is going to join us a little bit later. 079 oh wait, 079 2090. Ja. Later then. Later. Later. Uh, yes. Got it. Please, people, what's up us later? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, and we're going to have a beautiful extra special guest for the first time ever ever on our show on us yeah yeah that's not jeremy thompson no no that is first we got another guest and he's a friend of yours yes so would you give us some hints well I, I don't say name okay okay uh, <laughs> I, I can all i'm 20 years oh. i should be given a fun fun snacks a teddy beer Caramello. Ja, ja. Een bekende gezicht op die kassie. Ah. Uit in een straat geblei. Yes, I gotcha. Die belangrijkste er in Pretoria. straat. Ja. Ja, en hij het ook, als ik die Engelse woord mag gebruik, veldwerk gedoen. Jaren terug onthou ek. Ja. Veldwerk of wat? Voor kunstcafé. Quela. Ah. Quela. 2001, dan had hij altijd zo rondgehaard in die gang en ons is bezig met Casper Rasper. And toen weet ik hij werkt daar. Ah. Because he told me that he knew me from Ventersdorp. Not that I stayed there, he stayed there. <laughs> sure, but what were you doing in Ventersdorp, Casper? No, he was watching me on the TV. Okay, you was in Amalse Kassie. Selfs in Rustenburg in Ventersdorp was ek oh, in wow. die voorkamer. Oh, wow. And so that's all the, the info I've got. But now, before we introduce him, I'm going to play something. Did you know that we have just... I've just seen uh, the news of the day Yeah, that they have released this uh, uh, verslag oor die melkding daar in die public pros- protector. Who's that a pl- public protector? Is that something different? Do we know? Uh, uh, Our news people. It's quietly releasing the Frieda diary report. Oh. It's a dairy. Dairy report. Yeah. Your diary report is something else. It's yeah. the dairy... Mm. And they find gross negligence. Oh. So I had one. Once I bought my mother a negligence and it was gross. And I <laughs> returned it. <laughs> I said, ah. my, my ma kan hier die negligence nie draan. Fokken lele. Maar dit klink asof een skandaal daar op geflek gaan word. Oeh, daar broei iets. Yeah. Daar broei een skandaal. En net soos die bakterie in die melk broei daar een skandaal. Exactement. But for all the people out there, if you feel a bit depressed, if you feel a bit... What's this? Shut up. Um, if you feel a bit depressed, uh, if you feel... A, sorry, I'm getting messages here from a fucking... Yeah, you're like occupied. Yeah, from, from my phone. What uh, messages? Read no, them. That's fine. I've got them. I've got them. No, no. He just sent telling me something. He can't do it. And I said, "You must do it." And he said, "I can't." But I said, "You must do it." And now Good. I've tell I've, him off. I won the computer. So 
I just want to say I've won over the computer. Mm. But if you're feeling in a in a bad mood, people are giving you cuck. People are gossiping about you. Yes, that's me. Looking at you, President Zuma. Then just <laughs> listen to this, and you'll feel much better. You come to my page, throwing shade, and you think you better than me? <laughs> never, bitch. Things that you do, you'll be never rich. Never popping, you'll be never it. You're way at the top of the never list. Never, bitch. Never, bitch. Never, ever, 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 bitch. Never, bitch. Never, bitch. Never, ever, 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 bitch. Hold up, it's the blonde ball scare. Pretty. Long blonde hair, witty. You don't compare. If you ain't from my city, then you don't come here. I was dipping out the launch pad, sitting with my comrades. Five bag, killer diamond, lifting up my wine glass. Toaster forever, bitch. Bro, never, bitch. I never fear hoes. If I had to wear that, I'd never wear clothes. You birds are scared crows, and I am legendary. You beating me, I'll be the first to never worry, bitch. Never, bitch. Things that you do, you'll be never rich. Never popping, you'll be never it. You're way at the top of the never list. Never bitch, never bitch. Never, 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 ever, ever bitch. Never bitch, never bitch. Ah, kultuurbeer, dat jullie ook naar. So, did you work out who is our special extra guest? Heb jij daar uitgewerkt wie is onze extra special gast? Akit. Hij is hier. Hij is levendig. Hij is ons. Wat? Ja. Oh God. Special. I mustn't do this when Jeremy is here, because it will be so embarrassing. Yeah, but someone put this on the wrong thing. Okay. Extra special. Guest is Melt Sieberachen. And I want to say welcome, Melt. I will say welcome, Melt. I will say bye, thank you, Casper. It's so nice to meet you here. Finally, right? Yeah. Yeah, this has long enough been to get Melt to get it. I, I think Greg did. Um, Melt, bye, bye, welcome. And you are here because tomorrow is you in Pretoria. Yeah, we are in, 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 in the Oostelijke Voorstede for the Die groot comedy extravaganza. En wat is dit? Die naam daarvoor is die Kings and Queens of Comedy. En is ek a king of a queen? Juist comedy. Ek is ja. <laughs> Good answer. Yeah, and very quickly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very quick, very quick. So ja, morgen aand is die Kings and Queens comedy, daar is van allemaal in nog wat in die program. Mm. Het jy name? Um, ek het, ek het, ek, daar is Kasper de Vries, daar is Hannes Brimmer. En Melt Sieberagen. En Melt Sieberagen, ja. Daar is nog een paar girls ook, ons het vir Leander Reddy, ja. en is het vir Kriege Govende, en Kanyisa is daar so, ja. en dan staan die, 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 hoe kan ek sê, die, die, die ou, die ou ballies, Dr. Riyad Moussa, ja. ons het vir, uh, wie, Ellen Kometi is die host, Oh. Is het nie, is Ria nie? Ria is hier, is hier. Is Ria die huis? Ria is hier. Ja, so, Ellen gaan net grapies vir. Ek moet sê, ek sit met al die informatie voor my, ons het jou nou eindelijk net getoets. Ja, kijk, ek vind ken jy die. En daar is ons ook, daar is ook Joey Rajdien en maaklatering op die self hoog, wat ons nooit gebeur. Help us. Hoe gaan mense weet wie is wie? Want hulle gaan die lichte aans. Ja, so dit is, dit is in sy, nee, dit is, insluitende Ria, 16 komediante, en dan nog een speciale gasverskyning dier Mogi, 
organ beatbox work. So this yeah. is lekker for. And we listened so. to his stuff. It was quite good. It's nogal indrukwekkend. Ja, ek mm. is helemaal ek 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 gaan glad nie enige rapperige ding doen nie. Ek nou kom gehoor het nie. So oh, would wow. you think he's going to come up every now and then and do like for people to rest, do beatboxing? Is that what's going to... Do we, we don't good know. Question, don't good know. question. What time does this show start? 8 o'clock? It starts at 8 o'clock. It's my at the good. Sun Arena, Times Square, Menland, Maine. Oh, my oh, wow. goodness. It's not a Maine, so it's like Delft. No. It's like you're blessed. It's like a lot of Maine, Maine. And how many cards are It starts at... Uh, 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 tickets from 150 rand. <laughs> yeah. The show is PG-16. So uh, 16. Okay. Yeah. Wat gaan jullie vertel? Hoe komen ze het 16? Ik zou denken 13 of 12. No, but we use swear words. Oh. So that's why. You use swear words. I don't. I, you know I don't. Oh, is it? No. I never swear. Good. I, I say this because our special guest has arrived. I see he's here. So you must think that I don't swear, please. Okay, good. Otherwise, okay. he's going to run away. Okay. <laughs> um... Ek moest dit eindelijk nou in Afrikaans gesê het. Ja, nou nie. Oh well. You know who else is here? Who else is here, Casper? Shimonee. Yes. Hallo Shimonee. Hi, Casper. Uh, sh- Where's Shimonee from? Shim Shimonee, Shim Shimonee, Shim Shim Shimonee. Health insurance. You're right. One plan, <laughs> pet insurance. Pet insurance. Yeah, health is what he means. Well, yeah. <laughs> and remember that we got a competition running... And we told the listeners to send us pictures of themselves and the dogs or cats, their pets. Mm-hmm. And they can win something if they look very much like their pets. So we got the winners here. Um, Shemene, can you tell us who is who? And then we can ons a commentary on the photos. Okay, awesome. So we've got the three guys that's... Um, but uh, the first three. Number the three first. first. Number, number three, three first. Okay, yeah. so in there third place, it's Rainer May with his most beautiful French bulldog. Okay, let's have a look there. Is that a French bulldog? That's a Frenchie, yes. Wow. Oh, it looks like a Boston Terrier <laughs> with a problem. So uh, apparently he's got his own Facebook page. What the hond of Reina? No, no, the dog. Yeah, well, Reina's a big deal. He's got two Frenchies. He's got a black one, and this one um, in this picture is white and brown. Oh. They do oh. look alike, I must admit. No? Yeah, they do. But see, in the same. Yeah. Reina, the eight lungs. And then we got number two. Who came? So oh, 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 what, what does Reina win? Okay, so he just won three months free pet insurance for his Fantastic. dog. Wow. Wow. Can you mm. see my tail wagging? <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Okay, and so that number two, that okay. is a lady and a cat. Yeah, and this is Priya Naidu. Okay. And she won six months free pet insurance. Wow. Oh. Priya, you would have won if you had a little dot on the cat's forehead as well. <laughs> <laughs> because it's, you look, the eyes are the same, eh? Yeah, they do. It's beautiful. Beautiful. So Priya won, won six, six months. months. <gasps> free pet insurance from one plan. Wow, that's very good. She's very fortunate. Mm. And then we got uh, the winner is, is here. Yeah. And look at this. Two little... I don't know what you call okay, these. Okay, so this is uh, the 
The first place is Marius Cornelison. Cornelison. Yes, with his miniature schnauders. Oh, is that yes, the Yes, they miniature schnauders. And wow. look And look at the beards. They look exactly the same. Yeah. Agreed. And he won 500 rand cash yeah. plus one year free pet insurance for one pet. One year, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, Alessa, can picture. we try and get him on the phone? Okay, and then we can talk to him because this is yeah. amazing. But the amazing thing is in the photo that we've got here, the, his cat is in the background as well. <gasps> oh, yeah, his look cat at that. looks a little bit like him as well. The cat, <laughs> the cat is photobombing basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we did not even see that. Marius, is, uh, can you answer? Thank Hi, Marius. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Is jy opgewonde? Jy het gewen. Vreselik, vreselik, ja. Dit is amazing, maar maar hulle is slim, want hulle geen het vir die een pet nou insurance vir die jaar. Oh dear, wat vir die ander feit? Jy moet hulle nou inskryf. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, yes, yes. So, wanneer het jy jou foto ingestuur? Ek kan ek sê slaat jy nou nie, ek denk is die eerste foto, is die eerste goed, eh, Dit was dit was um, to ons die die influencer, die influencer oh. and their pets got it. Okay, yeah. Yeah. okay. Well, that sinye, I will need for men to say, try and enter competitions you never know. Kijk wat het nou gebeur met Marius in Ja, en nou, jou baard kleur jy om volgens jou schnauzer kies? Of? Nee, nee, dit is natuurlijk, want ons kan nie na die stelle stylus doen nie, so, dit is een natuurlijke lucht, ons het nie probeer het om na mekaar te luid. So, jy sê al die dieren, so jy het baie dieren, want ons het nou net die kadde achter jou gesien. Ja, die kat is een bykie van het dood. Wat sy naam, Zuma? Sorry. Sorry. Zijn alles Magneto, eigenlijk. Oh, wow. Magneto, nice. Maar hij zei, helemaal happy. Ik hou daarvan als honden en katten oor die weg kom. Ik love dit. Ja, ja, twee twee katten, twee honden. Fantastisch. De Chewbacca en Han Solo, die twee honden. En Trini en Tepita, die twee katten. Ja, jy het duidelik nogal een voorliefde vir populaire kultuur. Dus een luister naar die normen. Ja, dit is een fout. Dit is een probleem van mij. Uh, just come again, what's the names? Um, Chewbacca. Yeah. In, like, uh, Han Solo. In Han Solo. Oh, in yeah. Magneto. Yeah. Magneto. Okay. X-Men. Oh, yeah, the X-Men. Okay, yeah. Hannes, jy is baie wakker. Ek probeer. Ja, ek tel het nou eers op. Ek is so stupid. Marius, so die gelkie, gelkie is vir jyself. Gebruik om, treat jyself, en dan, het die een, Chewbacca of Han Solo, het, uh, insurance die Annie en Nikki moet maar verzichtig oor die straat loop vir nou sit om al eerst op die ding ja. sit om op die pakket maar uh, baie dankie dat jy met ons gepraat het en Shemina het jy nog iets om van Marius te sê nee, so ons sal in contact met jou wees en ons sal van daar af reel vir jou Peter Schoots ok Marius, goed gaan ok bye that was nice Marius um, klink nice, nou, ek ja. dacht eerst hy skaam, maar hy, uh, hy was net sag, ja, dis die mic, dis ons mics, mm. ok, so that's that, Shemini, dankie dat jy kom inloer, he, dankie, 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 Gavin, dis a plezier, sien jylle weer, awesome,
binnenkort. En um, Mel, het jij hondjes of kijkjes? Ik heb een kijkje. Oh, ja. Je, weet je wat hier is? Mm, ik heb het gezien. Het is 1.30 a month, Mel. dat God kwaad is vir die kaap, en jylle moet repent, en jylle moet begin bid, en jylle moet herken dat jylle sondaars is. En toet my was... It's a guy a sinner, then, yeah. according to them. Yes, uh. yes, yes. En toet my was van die leivers, wat, uh, sy is baie famous, sy is a uh, soort van a Facebook celebrity, mm. and uh, if you appreciate colored, and everything colored, and Cape Townian colored, and then you follow her on Facebook. En toet, uh. sy, toet sy gesê... Tell me what she said. Wat is die dokter vir wie sy werk, wat sy altyd oor, sy werk moes vir die dokter... Wie, was ja, is altyd die, die dokter wat, wat, wat allerlei goeders vraag, en sy is nogal bykie mond uitspoel oor hom betekie. Oh, well, where? On Facebook? On Facebook. Sy is oh, really? rarig mense gaan, gaan volg vir, vir Mavis van die Leivis. Sy, sy is fantastisch. Hoe is daar Leivis? Leivis is L, ja, so Bishop Leivis, L-A-V-I-S. I'm gonna do that. Mavis van die Lavis, basis. To say, say, I no blame Angus Buchan, Oscar Bogart en Greta Park, parkie gras, die kaapse moffies vir die kaapse droogte. My oma het altyd gesê, kaapse moffies is baie skoon mense. Maar, maar my vraag is, hoe die fok maak die mof, hoe die fok maak die moffies die, met al die water? O, wat die fok Oe, maak die moffies ja, met al die ja, water? Exactly, want is nou weg. Ja, ja, ja. So die molas het dit gebruik. Yes. Hulle gaan gebad, toe dit die toilet gaan gooi, en toe dit op die, maar die yes. liefies en die pansies en die tuin gaan gooi, mm-hmm. en nou is alles weg. En al die phone parties. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, from tonight, hopefully Cape Town, if it does only rain for a while, then Agnes, Angus, Agnes, sê, Tony Agnes, moet dan weer terug gaan. Die grootste mystery is nog steeds precies hoe spreek men sy van uit. Is het Buchan, Bakken, Bakken? Is het Bakken of Buchan? Bakken. 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 Did you hear a voice, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> <laughs> so did I. My God, where did you come from, Shemaine? I'm sitting inside working on something else. Oh, nice to see you. And I miss you guys. I feel like I'm, my spot is not taken well. Oh, well, it's going to be taken soon. Oh, good. good. But, uh, so, oh, so Bakken. Yeah, the, the mad priest. Ah. Yeah. No, well, you don't want to talk about it. qualifications, no? mm, Exactly. I don't, I don't know. No, this... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
No, he is. He's quite silly, actually. Mm, uh, indeed, that's an understatement. Come on. That was yesterday on on Facebook. It's so so pranky wrong to do from Angus to Gesicht what the superimposes on Angus Young from ACDC. But one of our friends has replied, "Face like potatoes." Face like potato. Bye bye, Yelle. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you, Shemaine. Lekker werk, hoor. Shemaine, 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 Shemaine. As jy uitgaan, ek het gesien, Jeremy is hier. That gorgeous man, sitting with, with the... Jy moet Afrikaans praat, hy fuck aan verstaan jy. Vraafom. Vraafom, of as hy wil, kan hy slank inkom, en dan ons join. Okay. As hy nie omgeen nie. Ek sal so maak. Want anders sit hy net die rond. Ek sal so maak. And then so we can maak. introduce one, one another and we can just chatty chat chat. Okay, ek sal so maak. Vraag vir my vijf wel. Vertrouw jy my met so a gorgeous man? W- wat ga jy met hom doen? <laughs> <laughs> ga jy my naar toilets toe vat? Wat ga jy met hom doen? Oh god, because I can't do anything. Anyway, let me do that. Okay, just try. Just try. Alright. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you. Uh, what's her name? Shemaine. No, don't you do that. Don't no, you I was joking. Do that. Okay, so while you go out, Shemaine, we're going to l- listen to a little bit of this. And if you think this is ABBA, you are in a way right, but not really. I think Melt will like this because it's heavy metal. Why do I think he likes heavy metal? <laughs> but they do not. Ah, I think you hear me, but rock. Yeah, rock. <laughs> I don't want to talk about the things we've gone through, though it's hurting me. Now it's history. I've played all my cards, and that's what you've done too. Nothing more to say. To play The winner takes it Dit is weird, nou Melt. Het is lekker, though. Het is lekker, nou. 
Ja, dat ja, dat 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 the winner takes it all. Het is nog steeds nie Abba nie, maar dit is klaar. Yeah. Ach ja, maar ek hou daarvan as daar per tyd keer een reworking van een Abba is. Ek mm. love dit. Ek, ek kan ek, baie met Abba doen. Wees krijg verskillende type stijlen en goed. Daar ek het een Indiese Abba plaat ook waar hulle in Indie sing. De supertrooper in Indien. En jij ken jij ook Anna weird. Ik het ik dat was een keer ook iets wat dus ergens op YouTube maar kan het gelukkig niet krijgen. Als mensen met wat Afrikaanse gospel song gedaan het op een Abba wijze. En ik denk dat is dat is geld om te maken. Je kan Abba gospel fi. Abba gospel. Imagine it's Judas Iscariot. Wat is fake? Yeah. 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 Oh my goodness! <laughs> en die andere ene wat ek nie kan wacht nie, is iemand gaan, Jere, Jesus, ja, hy gaan ons weer, oorvolk, elke sondag kerk toe. Ek dink nie, dit is gospel nie, dit is diep, diep van gospel. Jere, Jesus, hier gaat ons weer, ek love it. Oh my goodness. Oh, ek, ons moet dit uitbring. My, my dochterkie het nou net, een fan van Abba geworden. Oh. Dat is wat het voor die kar. Oh, favorite is money, money, money. Shem, jy sal een ander werk moet kry. Ja. <laughs> ek het altyd verkeerd verstaan. Um, Oké, okay, kom ons gaan gauw dier die woorde. I, but how, uh, <laughs> I say, more, I work all night, I work all day to bring the balls, I have to play, play. that's it. But then, the second time, money, 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 it's a rich man's world. And done. Ja, 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 al die ding tegen die weer in Leun, en dan moet die ons woord, en dan sing sy weer iets, wat ja, dat is, a man like that is hard to find, but I can't get him off my mind, and it's sad, ja, and if he happens to be free, I bet he wouldn't fancy me, that's too bad, so I must leave, I'll have to go to, okay, okay, don't say it, I always thought, so I must leave, I have to go, to Las Vegas, I'm on a go. <laughs> What's he say? Or Monaco. Uh, to uh, Las Vegas, uh, or Monaco. I'm on a go. <laughs> Misheard lyrics. Yeah, but Abba's songs is actually quite depressing, eh? Good yeah. as Fernando and died is sad. The winner takes it all. Who's an artist here is dead? When I'm on Wayne Ball with the cheek with sing. Super trooper. I'm a showgirl and I got my life and I got my job. Abba is depressing, this is original emo. But that's, that's Sweden, Swedish, <laughs> they are depressed people. Yeah. But it's goat. No. Listen here. The Casper Radio Show, out there. So, jylle weet, so elke nou en dan, dan speel ons iets wat out there is. En ek het vermeld gevra om vir my iets te stuur wat, um, what weird is uh, for out there. Because you know out there is either fantastic or it is hugely embarrassing. And this I have never heard in my life. Uh, what Mel to for my student? Uh, Mel, uh, just give their name again. It's uh, the, the Portsmouth what? Symphonia. What the hell is this? This is, this is, this is, it started out as a performance art piece and it turned into a bit of a cultural phenomena from 1970 to 1979. What's this? Oh, it's not that, eh? No, not quite. <laughs> but it's, it's professional music, musicians playing instruments that they can't play. Oh, yeah, it's crackling, it's crackling. Oh, it's oh. professional music, professional <laughs> musicians playing music they can't. Playing instruments they can't play. Oh, my God. Oh. 
It's like torture, eh? Torture. Yeah, and they released a couple of albums. Let's listen a bit. Produced by Brian Eno, nogal. Oh, you need Eno's actually. Mis kan niet te lang in alles van die mail. Ja, mis kan niet. What the? Imagine sitting through an entire album. Ja. So, alle geef alle die bladmuziek. Ja, they're professional musicians and then they get an instrument they can't play. This is om om voor keer daar een rechte muziek te laten. Ja. Give them. I thought that was my introductory fan affair. No, 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 no. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, by the way, we got our special guest as well. We got two special guests now. Mr. Jeremy Thompson is here. Welcome. Woo! Uh, you're very kind. I'm delighted to be here. Thanks. I'm so glad you're here. Um, and you got a book out called Breaking News. We'll talk about that as yeah. well. So this is Melt. He's a comedian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we, we're talking about a show that's on tomorrow. It's like one of those c- comedy shows where you've got lots of comedians each doing a 10-minute slot. Gotcha. Comedy club. Stop. He's going to do Hannes, also one. I used to be funny, not anymore. I'm going to do one. I've told you still are. He's going to do, and Gavin is just, he's not anything. What are you, Gavin? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm, I'm a fly on the wall. He's no, communication. No, he's communication, and you did TV. And yes. You just, you know, because he doesn't know who you are. Oh, yes. So I've got a, I'm in public relations. So I've got a PR company, and this is my fun, like my fun, oh, like on right, the side thing that right. I do. I may need to talk to you. You know, we got to sell this book now. It's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> I need a PR. Yeah. Actually, what? Taryn, who's with us from Jakarta Media, has been doing a fabulous job for me. So you must take a picture of me, Gavin, with a book, and then yes, uh, later I'm going to give it to you so that you can sign it for me, uh, Jeremy. I will. Please. Yeah. And I need to take a picture of got it. With this, book. <laughs> this is, you know, this is a. This a is moment a moment. Of history, really. A moment in time, actually. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Honest, what did you said something about Jeremy Tom? You re- remember him from? Uh, well, um, it's one of those interesting things in a, in, a, in a globalized world. Jeremy, we we know you almost as well as our own news readers because we we can get Sky News locally. Um, and then you've also made an appearance. I'm, I'm sure that if you've been a, a, a news broadcaster for as long as you've been, you almost become a part of popular culture as well. So, so needless to say, I remember you very well from Shaun of the Dead. I'm sure you. Uh-huh. That, that, that quote now, has been. I have to say, I spent 50 years as a journalist, 40 years. <laughs> in television news and I get more stopped more in the streets in the UK for Shaun of the Dead for <laughs> the legendary appearance there where I advise people to take out the brain or cut off the head is the only way to stop zombies in what I discovered I was taking part in was a rom-com zom no a rom-zom-com which is a romantic zombie comedy oh, yes. <laughs> very few around and, and Simon Peck who made it is Basically, it was uh, an homage to George Romero's um, yes. uh, Dawn of the Dead. Yes. And it turned out to be a brilliant film. I, th- I still think it's the best yes. of their sequence they made. And I just, uh, they said, could you read these lines? I went, 
oh, this could undermine the old gravitas a bit <laughs> I here, man. I, I wondered, yes, does that become a hindrance to the serious news no, or is it something well, fun on the side? No, you know? In the end, people didn't seem to mind at all. They sort of actually took me seriously saying these words. Uh and in the end, they sort of stopped the zombies, so I guess it worked. And <laughs> Simon Pegg and Nick Frost were delighted I was in it. And in the end, looking back, I mean, it's the only reason my grandkids talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know about news. They yes. know about Shaun of the Dead, though. <laughs> but you actually, you said... You know the line so well because he said, I repeat. Yes, yes. Because and that it's is reiterated. Like, everyone yes. knows that line. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just before that now legendary moment where Frost and Peg run out to the garden and start hurling vinyls at the zombies. And they're having to decide their, their library of vinyls in the garden shed which ones they throw and which ones they want to keep i mean it's just a brilliant piece of yes, comic movie oh yeah, he's so good Simon. anyway Pink. i also did some news <laughs> 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 that's nice to know um we're going to speak about the book in depth a bit later but i just want to ask and see if these people are awake what is happening today melt that you would say is quite important in the world. Today in the yes. world? No idea. You see, he knows. That's why I don't want to... <laughs> People... Trumpeting. Waving. Mr. Thompson. I think the most important thing today is that there is a promise of rain in Cape. No! <laughs> Minus three. <laughs> no, there is promise in Cape Town. We said so. No, it's the Winter Olympics. Oh. It's the start of the Winter Olympics. Yeah. I'm no. from the farm in South Africa. I don't know yeah. anything about winter sports. Do we have mm. Winter in Olympic athletes? We've got one. There's Ooh. one athlete in the, in the Winter Olympics. Ooh. I just um, got... I can't believe that a talented studio like this wouldn't have put together a South Africa bobsleigh team yes. by now. Like cool running. I'll be the bobsleigh. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> hot hot runnings. Yes. Yeah. Or actually dry runnings. Yeah. Dry runnings it. for us. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we should have. We've eh? got one guy there skiing. I know there was a big thing because the really? Saskock, the Olympic com Committee, there were two guys who qualified, <laughs> and we could send one. Uh, so I why? Because of budget or Probably because of budget. I would love to see him in the opening ceremony. It's just one yep. guy carrying With the, the flag, flag yeah, and yeah. the team name and everything. <laughs> yeah, hands his hands full. are going to be full. Yeah. Hopefully he hasn't got his skis with him as well. <laughs> his name is Connor Wilson. You see? Oh, oh Connor. God. Good luck, Connor. We hope you're not a goner, goner. <laughs> I'm sure he's listening. Oh, at least we know these names. We only have to know one name. Connor. Well, can only go downhill from there. As oh. say oh. He's got a very good and dry sense of humor. Mm, yes. You yes, pick that yes. up in the book. Yes. I must tell you, I, I laughed. I chuckled a lot. Some very nice humor in that, in the book, um, which we will talk about later. Not now. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Uh, another fact for the Olympics, what are they doing at the Olympics that they've... No, how do I put this question? <laughs> they are giving the athletes something more of than they have ever done. What? Condoms. Yeah, right. Is it? Plus one. Yeah, My. Yeah. So, you see, it's because huh? athletes, I suppose, they become it's like... a lot of pent-up energy to get rid yeah. of. Yeah. So they, they give them... The stories free. you hear from the Olympic Village are usually rather... Um, 
<clears throat> Gratuitous. Yes. <laughs> it seems like there's a lot of pent-up sure. energy that needs to be offloaded. Off, and I use offload in the most innocent sense of the word, obviously. <laughs> but isn't it a bad thing to offload during like, no, a but once sport? you're done. Once you're Afterwards. Done. So oh, yeah. Athletes have a lot of superstition about um, not engaging in sexual activity Not releasing before. your energy before. Yeah. Yeah. Is it cheap. superstition? Like what? No, well, like, it's like you lose energy then. Yeah. Mm. Like rugby players play with the same underpants for the whole season. Really? You know, those kind of... No, that's I, just I can't say that for the bulls. Mr. Thompson is a big rugby player. Ah. So don't talk about No, but about I'm just saying that <laughs> very often athletes have kind of super... This is like mm. my good luck socks or, you know, oh, and maybe... Okay. And that's also an, an element of... If you're Bucky's Buddha, you've got your lucky fist. Yeah. <laughs> but here, here the story. He played for a rugby team. He got a rash. He went to the doctor. And the doctor said? I was playing up in the Pennines, up in the, the hills in the north of England. And I was uh, captain of a, my local town rugby team. We went up to play there against a, quite a rural town team. And I, because nobody else was available to play prop, I ended up playing prop that day, although I'm not entirely built to be a prop. I am not Ostu Thompson. You know, quite seriously. But I ended up propping against this very, very big ginger-bearded farmer boy. And uh, we had a good old tussle and a few beers afterwards. And then on Monday, I got this terrible rash. And I went to see the doctor and he said, oh, you've got sheep rot. <laughs> and it had turned out that my opponent, who was a big farmer boy, ran around his farm carrying his sheep over his shoulders and they left ticks and things. <gasps> and oh, I my got word. Wrong, which is a bit unusual. Anyway. Wow. So man. that's how you, yeah, Nothing a nice cream didn't clear yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. You've got to trace back. I go, where the hell uh, did I... Aha, uh -huh, the rugby bench. And then I started... I'll just tell you, I played for the same team about a year later. By this time, I was on regional television, BBC. You know, so lots of people knew my face. And we went down to play a team of miners in a little mining town in the middle of Yorkshire. And they, they'd all come, literally in those days, they'd come up from the pit after the midday shift on Saturday. And we all came from the posh town of Ilkley, Ilkley Mall by a tat, so a lot of our lads drove up in nice little sports cars. So these miners take one look at it and they go, hey, you got to have these lads, have them for tea. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm at the back of the line out, being playing flanker, and I'm at the back of the line out, about 10 minutes into the game, one of them uh, nudges his mate and says, Hey, it's that twat off TV. <laughs> <laughs> and for the rest of the match, they said, I could hear them say, Hey, look great when he goes on on Monday morning with a black eye. <laughs> and for the, the rest of the match, they're coming through the line out. Oh. So it kept you very nimble on your feet. Yeah, oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> oh, so they mark you because you're on TV. Isn't yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Bash the guy on TV. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, stranger to South Africa, you you were a correspondent here. So yeah. do you have a South African rugby team loyalty, or do you go watch matches when you when you're around? It? Yeah, I I've got a season ticket at Harlequins in the Premiership, and I go and watch Saracens, who've got a lot of good South African boys playing mm. for them, and I'm big mates with. Francois Pinar and I'm on his the board of his charity Make a Difference, which is a fantastic charity and raises money for to help you know leaders of tomorrow, disadvantaged, bright kids who haven't had a chance to try and put them through good education. So, you know, and through Francois, I know a lot of the 
South African rugby player. I interviewed him when he first got into the South African side, 92-93, before he was captain, before the World Cup, and we became mates, and uh, uh, and he's a wonderful guy. Mm. And uh, it's an intriguing story how his, his charity's called Make a Difference, and I asked him briefly, I said, why is it called Make a Difference? He said, well, we were sitting around at home, a crowd of us, and we wanted to make a difference. He said, the real truth is that when I finished playing after the World Cup here, Saracens asked me to come over to London and play for their team. And uh, Madiba got to hear about it, and, and he was very close to Madiba after the World Cup. Madiba called him in before he went and said, Francois, why are you going after this London team? Why are you deserting it? He said, no, no, it's uh, my last sort of go at rugby, and I just thought I'd love to go abroad, and it'd be good for the kids and good for the family. And, and Madiba said, Okay, Francois, but promise me, I'll let you go with my blessing, but I prom you promise me you must come back to South Africa and you must make a difference. And he did. Wow. wow. Well, if, that's the impact of uh, President Mandela. Yeah, yeah. But you if, know, you, you if feel you work, you've got to do it. Yeah, right? but if you work with the, with the less fortunate, you must be spending a lot of time with the EP Kings rugby team. <laughs> yeah. Well, they now play over in Europe, don't they? Yes, they do, and they're still they're still to win a match. Yeah, they I haven't know, won a I single know, match. I know. I sat I sat next to one of the players on a, on a on a plane once down to Cape Town. Yeah. And it, in the first place, it's this is a young guy, he's nineteen or twenty, and he kept calling me Wim, which was really not not good. Yeah, for we him. don't like that. No, but, I know what it means. So yeah, it, we yeah. don't like. I'm not 20 years older than him, but I was Um all the way, and he was very, very sweet boy because he'd seen me on TV. And I'm like, actually, you're the famous one. Well, you at least play. he didn't call you Tani. <laughs> it, it could have been worse. It could have been worse. And we thought he didn't understand Afrikaans. Yeah. He does. He's got a little bit. When we communicated at the beginning, he, yeah? he wrote, Senior Veer or some, or thought since, I don't know, you used oh, wow. some Afrikaans expression. I I've thought, got oh, a few. Excuse me? I've got a few. Yeah. Yeah. Well, can we go through them? Well, um, I was lucky enough in the early days when I was working with ITM before I jumped ship to Sky when I was running the bureau down here in about 1993. Um, my producer went off to have twins, and uh, so I needed a new producer, and I put the word out, and I eventually got a response from a girl called Pearly Hubert. <gasps> I know who Pearly, yeah. who a brilliant is a legend. And... Um, Pearlie was a young reporter who'd been working for Max Dupriere on Frey Wittblatt. Uh, she was an ex-Marty. Uh, she's a Bura Macy from Wellington. She'd been a Marty and gone to Stellenbosch. And she came up into my you know, office in Joburg and I said, why would you, an Afrikaner girl, want to work for an Engelsman like me? Mm -hmm. So she said, oh, no, no. She said it would be delicious. I thought, well, anybody thinks it'd be delicious working <laughs> with me. I've got to hire her. Anyway, so I hired her. She turns out to be one of the great women on earth, one of the biggest forces of nature, one of the most honest and brilliant journalists you've come across. And... um I was amazed at the contacts she opened up that I didn't have before in the Afrikaans world as well mm, as the mm. rest of South African world. And I remember one day she's on the phone and I know who I've asked her to get in contact with. And it was in the old apartheid days and it was General van der Merwe who was head of South African police force. And she picks up the phone and I understood enough Afrikaans for her to hear her say, hello, Sarge, hello, Sergeant. She calls the general and chatters away and eventually she comes off the phone and she said, yeah, he'll do the interview. And I said, how the hell did you get him to do that? And she said, ah, 
sit lalika praat mooi. Ja? Ek sit lekker en praat mooi. Sit lalika, sit ugly. Sit lelik. Sit lelik. Sorry. Sit ugly, talk pretty. She said, she says it's something only a girl can do. Sit lelik, praat mooi. Sit lelik, praat mooi. Not bad. That was a good stab. I've never found that it works for me, though. No. No. Only a girl can do it. Yeah. Mel, do you want to go through some words with Jeremy that he should know in Afrikaans? Some words. Um, yeah. So you've got you've got the basic uh, negatives, near donkey. Yeah. Um, fuck off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hot full. Yeah. Prat prat Afrikaans of how you back. That's still. When I see that T-shirt, I get this. Like, didn't they have just a T-shirt that says I'm a bit of a dick? But why would you walk around with a speak Afrikaans or shut up T-shirt? It's one of the weird anomalies of life. Yeah. No, yeah, no, it's always been a good one. And uh, I was like plus minus. So you say, uh, so I'm going to this, I'm going to see this farmer in the free state. Ah, yeah, you go down the end one and then you come to a big tree and then you turn left and it's kind of plus minus 100k. Is that a very South African experience? Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Like holding thumbs. Oh, we yeah. cross fingers, you, you hold thumbs. thumbs. And yeah. now, now? Wow. Now, 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 just now. No, no, net, no. Yeah. yeah. We don't even understand the now, yeah. now, just now all the time. Yeah. See, so now, now. now. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but now. I didn't know about the plus minus. That's nice. Plus minus is very, I always think well. of going down dirt tracks, unmetalled <laughs> roads for miles and miles. And just in the back of my head, someone said, ah, you'll find me. It's plus minus a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you get to a farm gate and you go, well, that must be it. It's you know. easier <laughs> than to say than approximately. You know, yes. Plus minus. You know. Yeah. Mm. yeah. But we say that directly in Afrikaans as well. Plus minus. Plus minus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So plus minus five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. So you know what I mean. Yeah. As any other. Not that I can think of immediately. Is there any. Is there lacquer. Any... Lacquer, obviously. Lacquer. Lacquer. Is lacquer. That's a very good. Le- lacquer I use all the time. Lacquer slap. Go to, yeah. you know, good mm. sleep. Uh, Lani I've always liked, which is very Cape Flats. Oh, yes. yeah. Lani. Um, uh, in fact, um, what did you say? No, I'll, I'll come back. But when Pearlie said it would be delicious, didn't she say lacquer? Because that's no, actually, actually no, no. what she meant, lacquer. No, yeah, she did, but she yeah. said delicious. Oh, she translated yeah. it, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because lacquer you throw in anyway. Lacquer and ach, in front of every sentence. Ach, mm. ja, man. And, and moss. I do that moss. with moss. The yeah. moss. I add moss. I did a, I did a stand-up gig in Reno in Nevada. And afterwards, my friend told me it was cool, but you said most seven times. And, uh, and they don't know what that's very Capetonian, eh? I've only been living there for two years. I couldn't have picked you, it up so that, that fast. In an English sentence, you yeah. said most. Yeah, uh, so I most went there, and then uh, we, we, most, we, we most went out together. We and it's actually like, so wrong, because that is like assuming the next person knows what you're it's, talking it's about. It's taking an Afrikaans grammatical error and transposing it yes. to a different language. Yes. So it's yes. like a double grammar yes. bugger up. And yes. you were uh, moosing. I was mossing. No, I remember the, we used to go to this restaurant, an Italian restaurant in Seapoint, whenever we were in Cape Town. Miserable old Italian ran it. Brilliant Cape <laughs> Flats guy called Stephen was sort of maitre d, who always, in between popping buttons, would, um, <laughs> <laughs> and being off his face, would come. And when we, when we started the meal, he would always say, 
Bon appétit, Alani's. Ah. Bon appétit, Alani's. Yeah. Mm. Very cute. Yeah. 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 Um, we we've listened to your Portsmouth orchestra. <laughs> Sinfonia. Jesus. I I can I'd we export it? Sorry. Can we export it here? What? This Portsmouth Symphonia. I don't think we should. Remember when you entered, it was the false orchestra. I know. Yeah, I yeah. Know. We don't None want my to. teeth went. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all like that. But I brought another song as well, which I want to share a little bit with, just for a bit of a break. I watched um, a movie that's actually quite bad called Pop Star. Dream your dream or something. Oh, it's just the uh, uh, Andy, Andy Samberg. Yes. yes, but there's one song where it's just totally ridiculous, where he sings about Osama bin Laden. Um, can you remember that finest girl? It's called Finest Girl, and then this is now a hit in the movie. It's it's yeah. like it's out there. Finest girl I ever met in my whole life. Wanna take her home, babe. Kept up on current events from all around the world More specifically, one event The time Osama bin Laden got shot in the head She said, do me like that But I couldn't track the metaphor That said, I can see you horny like a stegosaur That said, again, your request is so irregular She put on a beard, I started looking at the exit door Then a turban, then a tunic She said, invade my cave with your special unit I said, he wasn't in a cave, but there was no stopping She demanded that I fuck her like we Fuck bin Laden Fuck bin Laden They could see us through my GoPro She tried to negotiate I said that's a no-no Now I'm creeping in her bedroom like go, go. She tells me to go more Then looks down and says I gotta Terrorize that pussy Gotta terrorize that pussy so I Okay, did. so um, I have forgotten that we got a distinguished guest <laughs> In the studio So we're quickly gonna fade this uh, but that's the example example of the kind of a comedy in that movie. It's it's the f- songs are funny for the rest. It's it's a bit manufactured, but it's it's something to watch if you want to. Is there a message there, honey? Um, well, we've got one message. It's Matt. Um, he's Matt. Saying, yeah. Hello, Yola Amal. Hello, everyone. Um, hello. Uh, hi, Matt. Groeten uit New Zealand. Greetings from New Zealand. Luister altijd. Saturday, now you let Ravelon's ice cream mark. So they they find, they listen to the show. It's Saturday there already, so they listen to the show while cleaning house. Okay. Yes. So they're cleaning the house now. And then and then there's also a message. Mr. Spot, Jakarta Media <laughs> had asked for people listening to the show to send in questions that they yeah, might have. Yeah, for, if you have questions for Jeremy Thompson, please send them. Uh, but you know, this is a podcast as well, Jeremy. So people will be able to hear this over and over until the end of their lives. This specific Fantastic. show, it's, yeah. it's not gone. 
it's no, well, it's, it's a privilege to be on an X-rated show. No, it's my pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> I Excellent. thought, you know, you wouldn't be able to, to, to say things on another show, so, yeah, you can do it. No, you're right. Um, I just have one more fact before we continue, and that is that in wherever in South Korea the Olympic Games, I can't remember the name of the place now. Anyway, in that place, city, what... The Norwegians ordered 1,500 eggs for the athletes. Sure. But they made a mistake because in Korean, apparently, you write things differently. So they got 15,000 eggs, <laughs> uh, which they are now trying to eat very quickly. Mm. So <laughs> there, was, there was an advert on South African television always that the, the catchphrase was eggs, give you the edge. So maybe well, the, they, if the no, Norwegians yes. do really well in this Olympics. They've got a lot of edge. They've yeah. got a lot of edge. Oh, yes. They might be. Yeah, the ski jump could be interesting, couldn't it? <laughs> Very. All those eggs. Does, would this count as an anabolic steroid if it's well, an extra yeah. bit of jet propulsion? Yeah, a lot of eggs. <laughs> like, Who do you fancy in uh, from Britain in the Olympics? Are you, have you got stars who will maybe have gold medals? Do you know, do you know I've got no idea. Really? Yeah. I no, can't I, believe I, it. I can, I, I could do summer Olympics, but I've never really been uh, into the winter Olympics. Okay. I like warm weather. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a really snowy sort of guy. So, um, uh, yeah, no, I don't. I mean, I'll, I shall let it drift by me without taking any great interest when there's cricket on the television and England are playing Wales in the Six Nations rugby uh, tomorrow, which kind of takes precedence, mm, really. I understand. Over curling. Over curling, <laughs> yeah, no, staggeringly so, and even over Kim Jong Un, yeah. yeah, who might make an appearance in some form or another, <laughs> and start the Fourth World War or something. Yeah, you will come in incognito mm. or something. But yeah, no, South Africa as well. They don't know about the Winter Olympics, no. really. Mm, as no. you heard, we got one guy there. No, Drakensberg's so. quite a small area. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's not uh, that specifically important for us. Um, you know what? I, I, I want to tell you a story why I invited you to the show. Because what happened was, years ago, in the year of our Lord, 2010, I think, or 2009, you, why would you have come to South Africa then? For the soccer, maybe. Did you come for the soccer? I, came, I did come for the World Cup. I came for the start of the World Cup, it which was been 2010. That's yeah. what it was. Um, but actually, I come every year, because I come on holiday even if I don't come to work. Uh, okay. And then I actually came in 2007 to do a documentary on Nelson Mandela, um, where which, for Sky. And then I came to the World Cup, and then I ended up being involved, coming back to do the Pistorius trial and to do the sort of last year of Mandela's life and his funeral yes, and so yes. on. So um, I've still spent quite a lot of time here, even though I was based here 20-odd years ago. But I was on a virgin flight with you in 2010. You sat across from me. Aha. Uh -huh. Then you got up to go to the loo, yeah. and I then also wanted to go, so I went <laughs> next. So you came out, and I, in nervousness, because... I don't. I think my mind froze or tilted. I don't know what the fuck happened. I said, "Hello, Mister Sharp," because I thought I'm so fantastic now to say that. And you stopped me and said, "No, 
I'm Mr. Thompson. I'm not Mr. Sharp. <laughs> well, I took over from Mr. Sharp years I know. before. I, I and was, he's a mate of mine. Yeah. Yeah, but I knew you were Jeremy Thompson, yeah. but I was so nervous. It's high <laughs> in the air. And I just wanted to show him I know who he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said the wrong name. <laughs> so I rushed into the toilet. I banged my head. No. <laughs> That's what it was. I, I thought the wings were coming off. <laughs> so I said to myself, if I have the privilege one day to tell you the story, I would. And so now I can do that. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, that's very Wonderful. nice. But you are here every year. You were here for, for a couple of years for, was it for Sky? I came, the very first time I came to South Africa, I was ITN sports correspondent. I came to do the first. ITN. I, the, uh, for ITN, I came to do the first England Rebel Cricket Tour in 1982. Oh, long, long time ago. So yes. 35 years ago plus. And, uh, that's when I, and Peter Sharp was the ITN correspondent. And because there were a lot of stories going on, he said, could I come down and do the, the Rebel Cricket Tour story? Cause he had lots of political stuff going on, which is why, where we kind of first got to know each other, Peter and I. So yeah, I, the Europe, Confusion is completely understandable because we, you know, we kind of filled the same <laughs> yeah, space. Yeah, but I was very angry time. with myself. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and then I came down again. I covered Mandela's release from Lusaka with the ANC in exile ah. in 1990. And then yes. I became the ITN correspondent in 91, up through the Cadessa talks, right the way through to the end of 93, when Sky, who was just sort of starting out in life, came and... Uh, poached me and asked me if I'd like to jump ship and open up a oh, bureau yeah. here. So I opened up a Sky Bureau here, end of 93, beginning of 94, and stayed through till late in 95. And then I went and opened up a, a US Bureau in Washington, D.C. Yes. But I, after the election, they wanted me to go to Washington, end of 94. And I said, no, I have to do the Rugby World Cup. Yeah. Ah. So I kind of forced the issue. And I was glad I did. That was, was the magic great, World Cup. Well, it, and it was yeah, great because yeah. it transcended sport and everything else. It was an extraordinary story. And I still think it was sort of kind of that perfect storm moment when everything came together for South Africa. I'm not sure you've ever recaptured it quite, but no. for a moment, <laughs> the country <laughs> sort of uh, were enlightened and reconciled for that couple of it hours magical. for the time afterwards yes. and it was way more than rugby but I mean, it must yeah. have been incredible that's a very fascinating period of time in South Africa's oh, history brilliant. and to be able to communicate that to the rest of the world by far the off, most by I mean for me and you know so I've been a journalist for 50 years started in a little local newspaper never thought I'd sort of end up on TV to end up covering one of the most extraordinary stories of our time the last half century is incredible. I mean, I just say it's an extraordinary privilege, and by for me, it, it's by far the most exciting and exhilarating mm. series of stories, the sequence of stories that I've ever covered in all those years. And I've been lucky enough; I've seen some amazing pieces of history, good, bad, ugly, and indifferent, around the world, from you know, Gulf Wars and Iraq and Balkans and Tiananmen Square and you name it, tsunamis and earthquakes and the genocide in Rwanda. I mean, some 
dreadful and awful and amazing things. But the period of four years I spent here watching what I never thought I would see happen in my lifetime, which was the end of apartheid. Mm. I grew up as a kid thinking there'd always be a Cold War, there'd always be the troubles in Northern Ireland, and there'd always Always be be apartheid and always be the struggle. So to chronicle it as a modern-day chronicler and to tell big chunks of the world about this extraordinary story from the front line is you know it's a hell of an honor really i mean at times we got a bit near the action it was you know Mm -hmm. dangerous and dodgy and so on but i remember mandela sort of you know later in life telling me he said you know you foreign correspondents are really crucial part of it because people may not know or remember but i mean when i first came here our bureau in the early 90s and when i came here in the 80s was down in auckland park because we had to feed all our stories back to london from sabc with censors watching over it wow because we and they would stop us putting stories out (laughs) the local media was almost completely censored Mm. for years until the early 90s so we used to smuggle tapes out and send them out on planes and get them out. So the story was kept alive. And what Mandela said to me was that it, the efforts of you guys, you foreign correspondents, keeping the story out there, keeping foreign governments interested, putting the pressure on, was all part of the struggle that finally came Absolutely. to fruition. Wow. So, you know, I feel that, I'm a tiny, weeny little part of South Mm. African history and, uh, you know, blood was spilt over me and I got the dirt of the country under my nails in the townships and in the Siskai massacre and places Mm. like that. You know, I saw it in the roar and the the ugliest and most violent. So it's pretty close to my heart. You know, if there's a second country outside England, it's South Africa for me. So a chunk of it's in the book and I hope it sort of reflects how I feel about it. Absolutely. And I remember, just one more thing, I remember that World Cup final in 95, I took my wife, and I was sort of working, but I sort of actually got some tickets, and we cried. We Mm. wept, because it meant so much. It was so emotional, that match and that. Oh, when when Madiba came on, oh my God, we were all crying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was, I'm an Englishman and I cried, man, for your country. (laughs) (laughs) But let me, let me ask Melt and Hannes and myself, not Gavin, because Gavin is not an Afrikaner, but he speaks (laughs) Afrikaans. Hey, but you know the change also came from when we were young. Yeah, yeah, eh? really. Because you in Feintersdorf, you think especially. Of, no, 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 no. <laughs> but, but I know <laughs> we got two Afrikaners in this country: the racist right wing, and then us beautiful people. So <laughs> we must explain that that there was a change amongst us as well. I mean, how would you explain the Afrikaner to Jeremy? I well, I'm. I'm, I'm, yes, it's difficult because the Afrikaner is actually easier to analyze retrospectively. Because what you were saying now, everything was censored. Mm. Nowadays, when people go, how could you, how could you support a system like that? How could your parents support it? My folks really didn't know what was going on. I remember 10, 15 years ago, I sat with my dad here in Randburg and there was, a, we were just having dinner and there was an office party. And was, I remember the setup it was two black guys, two colored guys, two Indian guys, two white guys. It was just an office party, and at some point my dad just went, You see, apartheid was there a kak Just at the, age of, at, at the age of 65, where my dad kind of went, and, and mm. they got angry. 
because the church was telling him this is the way it's supposed to be. They mm. were unaware of what was happening with flock blasts and township mm. violence. Mm. They really thought that the government was protecting them from what was labeled savages and people who wanted to, to, to just take their liberty from them. But the problem for me is that that, that kind of Afrikaner nationalism, I'm starting to see it bubble up again. There are people like us, as you say, that we will be branded as the pinkos and the liptards and the, the whatever. Well, all of a sudden now being proudly Afrikaans and immovable and claiming your history is becoming a trendy thing. And I, it's, it it will change. Off. I it think it just change. proves all over again how strong that indoctrination was, is that it's still kind of simmering because parents are still Yo, teaching it to their kids who have no a, reason to have anything a to do with it. A 60-year-old racist, I can understand. A 14-year-old one yeah. breaks my heart no, no, because no. you've grown up in a, in a world where it's not supposed I, to be. It's interesting. I mean, I think I've reflected in the book, but uh, Ian Robbie, who, no relation to John Robbie, but is a, was my cameraman for many years, super guy. Uh, he grew up in Zimbabwe, a Scottish dad and so on, and came down here as one of the great cameramen and won Emmys and Royal Television Society Awards for his camera work and was brave and steadfast and went into all these things. And he was here long before I was, and he was filming with Peter Sharp through the 80s and early mm. 90s. Mm. And I remember him telling me, and I was, uh, you know, I was gobsmacked, quite literally. He said, I'd film in townships, film what was going on, you know, the police coming in, the defence forces bashing people up and shooting and so on. And he said, I'd film that, and we'd managed to get it overseas and get it on air. But nobody here would see a frame of it. Mm-hmm. And he said, I go home and the neighbors down the street and friends and acquaintances and family would call him a liar because they said, Oh, it didn't happen, man. Mm-hmm. What are you, why are you, why are you being this sort of foreign agent provocateur? Why are you saying that? Why are you telling these lies? He said, It's not lies. It's happening just around the corner, just down the road from you. They don't know. But your government and your television stations, your radio set, aren't allowed to put it out. They're stopped. So nobody here really knew, or very few people knew. So mm-hmm. it was this sort of you know, double-layered mm. country where there were people in the know and most people yeah. who knew nothing. Yes. I mean, so, even something as simple as the fact that townships are behind hills. You, you can drive past, if you drive past a town, you see the old white town, mm. there's Freiburg of Lichtenburg or Kulini and b- behind the hill that's where the biggest chunk of the people live like Ventersdorp, I, I mean I grew up there and Ventersdorp kind of shaped my unfortunately my political experience started at a very young age because you're surrounded by Eugene Ter Blanche and the Arvind yeah. Beer mm. that's one of the first places I ever went out to Sorry to, about to interview <laughs> Eugene Ter Blanche oh. in 1991 oh, wow. And he came riding in on horseback. Yes. Oh my God! And and I stood up and I grabbed the reins of his horse and I shouted out a question to him in English, and they all said he won't speak in English. And I sh- I've got such a loud voice. He was shocked and he replied in English. <laughs> Nineteen ninety one. Apparently, it was the first oh, wow. time ever. No, because his days were numbered clearly from then on. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. Because uh, we we, we own the liquor store there, so we kind of. Fuel the fire indirectly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the bottle the, 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 bo- the, the bottle store. Yeah. yeah. I went to, when I was a journalist working for a newspaper, um, I went to Fentersdorp and it was me and a white photographer 
So we stood outside and, and um, he was killed like I think two months prior. So mm. it was a court mm. case and things like that. So things were hectic in Flintersdorp. But we did not know, because I'm a colored person, so we did not know if Tani Marti would accept Radio, me. we didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> and we stopped and I stood in the car and I was scared. And then I had the white photographer go in and ask permission, can my colleague who's the writer of the article, but he's also colored, can he come in? And um, I went in. She said, it's fine. I, I, I went in. And I was scared because mm. it was like I did not know how she was going to react to me, but she gave me water and oros, shame, uh. in a cup. In a cup. <laughs> not, not an enamel cup. Uh, no, no, no. It was a normal cup, like okay. a cup for tea or coffee, but in a cup she gave me like um, oros, oros. Nice. I was at school with, with Bia, the kid. Oh, oh that they have know. children. They, they, she's an adopted child, actually. Oh. Yeah, but but she, and it's one of those things again. It's you, you know, but know somebody on that level. You're spending your your school days together, mm. so you, you're not really you're not Eugene Blanche's daughter. You're, you're my you're my friend, and then it was amazing to see how I perceived her to really change and become. She went to London to do some work as most kids did for a year or two, and she had a black Zulu friend, and that, sure. So and then after her dad got killed, all of that just reverted back to. Really, really? Yeah, no, she's. We're not friends anymore. Oh, oh wow! Is she no. still there, or is she? Yeah. She's still there. Well, I'm not glad she had a black Zulu friend. If she had a white Zulu friend, and that, that would have been <laughs> that would have been progressive. Johnny um, Clegg. Yeah. <laughs> so we are actually now talking about the book Breaking News. It's uh, available in South Africa. I like the title. Books. Yeah, it's but it's it's Breaking News is a sky creation. That breaking news thing. Mm. Hey, am I right? Yeah, yeah, pretty sky much. Yeah, made it. Uh, yeah. A trademark. Oh, is it? Mm. I never knew that. Yes. Wow. Uh, I, I mean, now it's on CNN and BBC. Yeah, everybody yes. uses it now, so yeah. I don't think it's sort of copyright, but, no, but they kind of got the idea of you know getting it out there right. and stopping people in their tracks to yeah. listen to the Something news is and happening. watch it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's still like that. I yeah, see yeah. breaking news. I yeah, yeah. Mm. So you are, is it here? Is it at the exclusive books ready already? Yep. People can buy. Yep. Where do you mean, sir? Afrikaans. Where do you mean? Quote book, Jeremy Thompson, Breaking News. He is in South Africa for a while, and you are going to Cape Town only end of Feb. First of March, I've got a launch there. So 15th, they'll have water. They'll have water. Yeah. Okay, good. Thank <laughs> At least yeah. not. I should have taken the rain from back home. I Please. mean, I only flew down on Wednesday. Uh, I remember it was raining cats and dogs. I could have. I should have tried to bottle it and take it to Cape Town. We took that from English as well. We say that rain, it rains. Katte in Honda, cats and dogs. So right. It's a translate, mm. yeah. translation. Um, did, when you entered, did Jane curtsy you? Jane, who works here, did she curtsy? She did. I said <laughs> that you are royalty uh -huh. from England. <laughs> she did. <laughs> She did. She called me the same thing as a wonderful taxi driver called me years ago in Pakistan when I went to cover the very first election of Benazir Bhutto. And I got to the, the old Marriott Hotel in Islamabad and I found this very nice driver. And I said, you know, would you like to drive me and my crew around? Uh, and he said, oh, yes, Excellency. And I knew then that I had to hire him, really. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody that calls me Excellency, I pretty much have to hire him. Oh, Jane, you're hired. Yeah, she's hired. <laughs> but, but let's listen to this. He was nearly, and I can't remember the country, the vice president of a country. Sierra Leone. Sierra Leone. Yeah. Who? Yeah. He, Jeremy. Yeah. Not quite vice president, but a minister. 
He so was you asked to, to join. Sure. Do you want wow. me to tell the story, a bit of the story, very quickly? Please. Quick, sorry. 1992, there's an Earth Summit in Rio where all the movers and shakers in the world are going to sort out the world's economic and environmental problems and ecological problems and save the planet, which they do every few years at huge mm. expense and using vast amounts of aeroplane fuel and so on and yeah. defeating the whole point. Anyway. ITN said, can you find a story that kind of fits in with it? So I did a bit of research and I found the country with the poorest quality of life on earth, which is pretty damning. And it was Sierra Leone up in West Africa. So Ian, my camera and I thought, I sort of said, well, I'll go and find out what it's like, how bad it is, what these people in Rio, all the toffs in Rio need to do to save Sierra Leone. It was not easy to get from Joburg to Freetown, Sierra Leone. So we bit of a circuitous tour. And like something out of uh, Evelyn War novel, by the time I got there, I landed and found there'd been a coup d'etat. Uh -huh. And the president had fled <laughs> because some soldiers had come down from the front line where they were fighting rebels, walked into town. The president thought it was going to be a, a bloodthirsty takeover, jumped on a helicopter and fled to the neighbouring country. And... A completely accidental president comes about who's a 24-year-old army captain called what? Valentine Strasser who came down with these boys basically to get some shells for the guns because the, they'd run out months before. They hadn't been paid. They were wearing flip-flops and these poor kids were being fighting a war and they'd sent the officers down to talk to the government and say, come on, help us out here. And the government, government got thought... Yeah, so Valentine Strasser, 24... <laughs> ends up as president by pure accident. So it's kind of like a wacky novel. <laughs> anyway, I go around the country where I see it. There's blood diamonds. There's all those unbelievable things you've seen. There are political prisoners beneath floorboards in a stinking cesspit under the, under the police station. Um, and eventually, after three or four days, I get access to Valentine Strass, the, the president, who is this huge gangling slightly goofy guy sitting behind a vast presidential desk wearing Ray-Bans mm. and all his cabinet, uh, his fellow officers so they're all 24 and they're all wearing Ray-Bans which is kind of the badge of office Pop stars. so I sit, I sit in front of him and I try to interview him and he really hasn't got anything to say so I stop the camera and I say to Ian you know, can't so I say to Mr President um, what do you want to say to your people? He said well we are fed up with the corruption. I want to clean my country. I said, fantastic. So I wrote him with some sentences. And I said, would you be right? Do you think you can memorize those? So we rolled the camera again. He said, I want to end corruption. You know, I want to clean up the country. I want to help my people. I said, great. Love it. Thank you very much. In the can. Help the president <laughs> out. And then I said, um, I got to have some images of you. You can't just, it's not good you sitting behind a big desk, man. You know, you need to be with your people. So he said, I don't know what to do. I said, um, trust me, I've got an idea. He said, yeah. I said, I love this image of cleaning up your country. Would you tomorrow morning be willing to go on the streets and clean it? He said, oh, all right. <laughs> you mean it? <laughs> so the next morning at 8 o'clock, he and his cabinet, all dressed in their smart military uniform, are out there with brushes and shovels cleaning up the streets of Freetown, surrounded by... Completely puzzled and bewildered. <laughs> Who are these people and what are they doing? Nobody's ever cleaned the streets. Anyway, it all went well. We got a great piece. And a day later, 
I get a message saying the president wants to meet you. And we go up to the presidential palace, which in this tragic place where people earn about a dollar a month, there's this stunning palace on the hill, which had been built by a previous president called Shaka Stevens, which is a, a little African story in its own right. Shaka Stevens was a sort of despotic president who got his government to build him this beautiful palace on the hill. And then a few years later, he got them to pass a law which gifted him this beautiful palace ah. on the hill. And then, he, <laughs> and then he passed another piece of legislation that sold it back to the country and they paid him millions of dollars for it. Wow. Anyway, <laughs> so I'm sitting up there having a beer with this president who's looking pretty lost. And after a while he said, Mr. Thompson, I want to thank you for all the help you have been, you, you have helped me because I'm very new to all this now. Mm. And he said, um, so you have very good ideas. Um, I would like you to become my minister of communication. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so I said, wow, well, that's really kind, Mr. <laughs> President. That's, can you give me a day or so to think about it? And then I said to Ian the cameraman, Gap it now! <laughs> Airport gone. <laughs> this could end in tears. Yeah, man. Yeah. We, it, wow! Never went back to Sierra Leone. You nearly ended up being in a Hollywood movie about this guy, and you would then be the the guy from England who became yeah, yeah. communications minister. Yeah. <laughs> so what? So, so so was he like an aggressive sort of? No, no. He looked looked like a little boy lost. He looked like mm. a big heavyweight boxer who looked a bit lost, a bit dazed. Um, he lasted about four or five years, and got overthrown by. Some other military guys, because he, needless to say, despite promising to clean the place up, got a little bit, you know, hands in the till. Uh, <laughs> the next time I heard, he'd gone to university in England. And then years later, I read a snippet in a London evening paper, which said, Valentine Strasser, former president of Sierra Leone, was mugged last night in Stoke Newington. Sure. So it was a pretty tragic fall from grace, mm, you know. Sure. Yeah. Anyway. It was quite a contrast with Mr. Mandela, who I'd been dealing with more often. Mm. Yes. Who yeah. actually was a leader. You met him a couple of times. Oh, quite a lot. No, yeah. I mean... He, I, he knew was, you. Well, he, he, he had the extraordinary facility and the gift to call us to learn our first names. And from the day one, he called me Jeremy. And every time I'd see him, how are you, Jeremy? How are you? How's your family? How are you getting on? How nice to see you. Unbelievable. You know, because mm -hmm. wow. I was one of hundreds. I mean, he's trying to take care of a country of 40 odd million people and he remembered our names mm. and um it, you know had to admire the guy but watching him at work and interviewing him quite often and you know going on walkabouts with him and seeing him he was an extraordinary man and i mean he he did drive through um the evolution of this country i think probably whether there were others around who could have done it i don't know it's hard to tell i think Probably not. And yet he'd always insisted to me when I talked to him that he was a team man. He was mm. the ultimate team man. He didn't see himself as a leader. He just said, that's my skill set and my comrades see me as that's... They, some of them are good with money, others are good at this. They think I'm a good leader, so that's my bit of the team. But he never saw himself as this sort of individual way above everybody else. He just saw himself as part of a team. So actually remarkably humble and all that it's incredible but of all the people you have interviewed would you put him like in the top five of people that you admire top one top one really yeah, yeah. Mm. and then there's a second division and a third division uh, <laughs> sorry, but he is very special yeah yeah, yeah. no i thought he was special person and and not all, you know in 50 years of reporting you can't say that many people you meet an interview really 
made a difference, mm. really changed history or helped change history. A lot of people change history for the worse. Yes. Not that many change it for the better. No. And he genuinely did, and I'm not sure that many. And a lot of people have done some decent things, and some presidents and prime ministers tried very hard. Um, others have tried very hard to basically empty the country's coffers and pop them in their back pocket. But, mm. but know, I can imagine... Luckily, we have no idea what that's like. No. <laughs> uh, well, you've got... You've got Zexit, we've got Brexit, yeah. America's got Trump. I mean, there's a lead- <laughs> yeah. leadership crisis going on in this country. Well, hopefully eh? we're first with the good news mm. yeah. any day now. Um, because I think that's why it's going to rain. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Yes. <laughs> Celebratory rain. I always said, but people then look at me strangely, but I said, Zuma, President Zuma, is not the ANC. He is part of a bit of, but that is not the ANC. That is not no. the the group that was formed in 1910 or whatever mm. he went off the rails mm. you know yeah. and totally. it's going to come back again it's going to yeah. be fine so he's the exception it's yeah. funny though when you look at the the ANC when it was started in 110 years ago the yeah. big thing that they were fighting then was not actually white oppression but tribalism Mm. They were trying to unite African people um, beyond tribalism. And mm. if, it's funny, if you look at it, what actually almost brought the ANC to its knees now was tribalism. Tribalism again. In the form of factionalism. But that's, yeah. it's mm. amazing how a hundred years later it still boils down to united we stand, divided we fall. That mm. the whole thing. Mm. Like, it's, it's really interesting what's, what's happening. And I always keep saying the ANC is be- becoming more and more like the National Party every day. They're making the same mistakes that the Nets well, made. Jacob, well, who, do you think, who do you think they got to learn? Who do they learn from? Yeah, they're just exactly. doing it a lot faster. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> what is nice is that you know Cyril Ramaphosa very yeah. well. Well, pretty well from back in the day. Yeah, I mean, you, he, you was a, met him. he was a he was a big figure. I mean, he mm. was vital to wrote the Cadessa talks and to the to the the ability to make it happen. I mean, he you know there were so many times I remember the. Cliff Central, I mean, the country was on a cliff edge time and time again. I mean, when I think of Boy Patong, when I think of the Bishu Massacre, when I mm. think of Chris Harney's assassination, mm. I'm mm. convinced that really Mandela saw Harney as his successor. Mm. When Harney was killed, yeah. it became Ramaphosa, not Mbeki, who he saw as the natural successor. But um, hauling it back from the cliff edge, from the brink, time and time again was extraordinary. I mean, you know, Day after day, I felt, you know, the tinder was dry and the blue f- fuse was burning and any minute now mm. the country could go. Mm. And people like Cyril and people like Mandela sort of managed to get out there and dampen the flame. And, it, you know, I was think that that period when Cadessa nearly went off the rails, when it was Cyril Ramaphosa and Rolf Mayer, mm. yes, who Mayer. sort of yeah. formed an extraordinary bond. They did. A, largely over a fishing trip. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah. fantastic story. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. When, uh, the, you know, Cyril, who's mad keen on trout fishing, took Rolf, who'd never mm. been trout fishing, out to Dahlstrom or Leidenberg and said, I'll teach you how to fish. And they and then Rolf got a hook caught in his finger mm. and... Uh, and Cyril took it out and dressed it and gave him some whiskey to, and they sat down and became even closer buddies and figured out between them pretty much how to dig the country out the dirt and get Cadessa back on track, which is, yes. you know, a great little story. So, wow. Um, yeah. yeah, so it's, it's, it's you have in your mind, you're positive about a President Ramaphosa. 
Yes, it, I think I always saw him as a pretty positive, decent guy of integrity. I know he's been in the private sector a long time. I hope it hasn't tainted, tainted his integrity. And I'd like to think that he's made enough money that he uh, would be able to resist corruptibility. Exactly. You'd hope, you know. Um, mm. And I hope that he's really been biding his time and he's ready to be the decent, honest broker that this country needs. It needs strong leadership. It needs to start moving forward. It's been stagnating, I think, looking in from outside, and I think it needs strong leadership. It does. And it needs somebody who respects the people. I mean, I think South African people are fantastic. I think they've got good hearts. They are resilient, resourceful, <laughs> brilliant people. And they, through their own blood, sweat and tears, brought about proper democracy in this country. And that democracy has become a little disrespected. Because in the end, people vote in a leader to manage their country for them on their behalf. Mm. And when the people said... You're not doing such a good job. You've got to go. We need someone who looks after our interests. Those leaders have got to respect the people. The people put them there. They don't put themselves there. So time to start respecting democracy again mm. that was so hard fought for and so hard won Absolutely. 24 years ago. And, you know, take the country forward and start giving it a more positive spin in the public eye of the rest of the world. Yes. Because there's no doubt there's a lot of been a lot of raised eyebrows in the rest of the world looking in thinking what are they up to exactly and you know why would i invest there exactly and the spirit amongst south africans also was like negative now for mm. the last couple of years yeah the people n want the change now mm. i mean mm. it's always changed always the word for politicians but they really need now to be proud again, you know, yeah. and not be, oh, my God, what's happening? And it'll be so... Well, and to you know. deliver on some of those promises that were made a while ago that haven't quite come to fruition no, yet. You know, education, clean water, electricity, housing, you know, a water system and an electricity system that works, you know, infrastructure, investment, long-term planning. You know, it's fairly basic. Are you interested to become Minister of Communication? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, get me coat. <laughs> that is a brilliant one. Can I ask a question about breaking news? Is my two other favorite Sky present? I know the book is not about Sky, like, totally. Well, but it's a bit about. Yeah, my, but my other two presenters, my favorite, uh, Jackie and Eamon, are they oh, also right. featured? Well, uh, Eamon's gone, of course. He yeah, left. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I retired sort of a year ago, and Eamon decided that he had enough of getting up at, you know, four that in the morning early. and doing mm. breakfast shows. So he's gone on to do other things and a bit more radio and a bit more documentaries. So he's not around. Jackie's still there. I saw her a few weeks ago. I went in to do Eamon's old show and talked to Sarah Jane Mee, who's now doing it, who's a lovely girl. And Jackie was there, so I had a good catch-up with them. And, uh, mm. and Sarah Jane's doing a great job. But Eamon's moved on, doing other things, doing fine. Um, but... Uh, I don't think they get a huge mention in the book. I mean, no disrespect. It's just that <laughs> I was out doing wars and they were doing sport and the weather. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jackie is so like voluptuous when she comes on. It's like, it's, it's, it's almost like, na like a conservative naked news. You know, naked news. <laughs> it's like, she just, like you just, no, I'm very proudly gay, but when she comes on, she's just like, yes. You, you, so, when she comes on, uh, you reconsider. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's opened a negotiation. Yeah. 
<laughs> What's it like after, like you keep saying 50 years, like you've been interviewing people for years. What's it like being on the other side, being interviewed? Do you, do you kind of see the way somebody interviews you and you see the process and you kind of criticize the way they're doing it? You would have done uh, it differently? Not really. No, because we, no no, we all have our own different style. Yeah. What I do notice is if somebody's read the book or not. <laughs> uh, you know, you get interviewed by a few people who only read the fly cover. You know? <laughs> um, but clearly, Casper has, you know... Mm. Hurled himself hard yeah, It was and fascinating into this book. Oh, wow. And I love this Good. kind of book. Yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah. Good. Well, mm. I, I've tried to make it not too in. So it's no. not too in about the TV. No. It's about, I hope people who've been watching the news will go, wow, I didn't know that was going on behind the scenes. Wow, you know. Yes. It's, a funny old, it's a funny old game bringing news or radio or TV out there to the mm. public. A lot of people are involved. A lot of people work very hard behind the scenes who don't ever get mentioned. You know, a lot of people put life on the line for it. They work hard for it. You know, all sorts of strange things happen. You know, and I spent you know years and years traveling around the world. I did a whole chapter just on flights mm. because I went on some wow. Tell them about the the, the New Year where you had New Year three times or something. No, no, twice. Uh, yeah. The Millennium. Yeah, well, no, so no. I was just... called in. Uh, the the editor said, "How uh, do fancy? You know, do you want to get involved in the Millennium?" I said, "Yeah, sure." He said. Do you want to do it twice? I said, oh, yeah, sure, yeah. What? Um, so <laughs> I flew to New Zealand, which was basically, so I was I flew in, got off the plane after a 26-hour flight, went to work, filmed some stuff, sure. had a cup, fell asleep in a spaghetti bolognese or something, <laughs> like you do when you're 26 hours out of kilter. You do. Got up um, and did the last sunset in the South Pacific, setting over the Millennium Islands and all those wonderful islands. And and I was standing on the harbour side in Auckland where they were ready for a big firework display at midnight where, of course, it peed with rain. Oh, <laughs> man. So it was a bit of a damp skirt. Anyway, but wonderful pictures being beamed into us. So I sort of anchored all that bit of it. The fireworks went off, sort of fizzled a bit at midnight, and then... Kiritakanua sung the new millennium up on the beaches and it's all pretty wonderful and at nine o'clock in the morning I gapped it with my crew got on an Air New Zealand flight and flew backwards uh pretty literally in time oh, wow. anyway and we flew back and you remember that old thing the millennium bug do people still remember oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Y2K all the yeah I'm a, all the nerdy IT people said, uh, you know, the clocks are all going to blow up and everything's going to. So we had to put this flight down in Fiji at midnight again on the 31st in case everything shut down. So we had a couple of hours kicking our heels. Then we got in the flight again and I flew to Honolulu and I got there at about nine o'clock on the evening of the 31st <laughs> of December. Again. <laughs> again. Deja vu all Groundhog over again. Day. Um, <laughs> and we raced down to the beach and there's a camera crew waiting for me in a satellite dish and we did the fireworks going <laughs> off on Waikiki Beach and wow. we did midnight and I dressed in hulas and, you know, lays and, you know, and people came and danced and I saw the sun come up and, and I signed off at midday on the first, my second first of <laughs> January, Amazing, sipping, yeah. sure. Um, uh, 
cocktail on the beach of Waikiki Beach and then collapsed in a heap. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> Your body didn't know yeah, what well, the no, hell it, didn't, it was. It didn't know. It didn't know it's Dunedin from its Waikiki, man. The I, real millennium I, I feel bug. really bad. I actually spent the millennium with Malt and I can't remember anything of that. <laughs> uh, and you no. had two. Oh, but yeah. I can tell you what you did. Yeah, yeah. I remember it yeah. perfectly. <laughs> so I bet you had enough drink to miss both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what would the script have been? Like you were here, now I'm live, now I'm yeah. on New Zealand and whatever. And at the second one, like what would yeah. like your intro, your link be? I think be? it was, um, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> it's me again. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it was fun. It was different and I'll never do it again and nobody else will ever do it mm. again. So mm. I come bearing a message from the future. future. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. saw the future and it's New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> and it's no, I think I did say, I think I did say back to the future or, or, you know, back to the past or that. Anyway, mm. I mm. actually lost the plot by then. I didn't know where it was. I can imagine. Yeah. I mean, jet lag. Elbow or oh. what? Well, well, I don't believe in jet lag. You see, uh, I no, I I've flown so far that I don't believe in it, and I have decided many years what ago. What is it then? Uh, that jet lag is the figment of the teetotaler's imagination. The teetotaler's, <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah, you've got to tipple a bit. You've just got to keep yourself through. Did you read about the fifty-six hour flight home from Manila? I must have. You must have. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> a BA, but why a BA, was it fifty six? Because the BA plane kept breaking down. Yes. And uh, and we got stir crazy. I'm there with my camera crew, and we cleaned the place out of champagne and everything else, <laughs> and we hung, you know, wooden parrots and things all around the cabin. We raided first class and taken over. By about halfway through, oh, the, early on, there's a lot of little Filipina maids in the back coming back to England to mm. work with their families, all scared witless because this plane keeps putting down and staying overnight, and they keep saying, "No, no, we've mended it." And we, you know, we. Uh, so about the third time we take off, uh, Mike, my cameraman, and I get the red blankets and red pillow covers. So we put the pillow covers on like a bishop's mitre, <laughs> like something out of the Vatican, and we gaffer tape red blankets to our arms and we stood at the front of working class at the back there and as we're going down the runway the crew have given up with us by mm. then they we, they know we're lost souls <laughs> we are we are flapping our wings we get 150 filipina girls to flap and and to get over being frightened witless and we got up off the ground and we said there we are you see it's fine and they all applauded and cried and oh, anyway and then about by the time we got somewhere around somewhere between dubai and egypt and it broke down again and we had another 12 hours of time no. mike and i didn't then borrowed the stewardess's uniforms and we did trolley dolly service oh, yes. for a whole <laughs> section of the flight it was good fun and we it, it meant we stopped being worried about it. It's just that when we got back to London, we looked like something out of Castaway, the movie. And yes. my wife's there to greet us, and we all come out, and we've got sort of shaggy beards, and we <laughs> smell because we've been in the same clothes, and we're kind of hung over four times, yeah. and we've been through a dozen different time zones. And I see my wife go, hi, oh, no. <laughs> and it was the very first day that BA went from being a state-owned company to being a private company. And that happened. Yeah, and that happened. And, and some people in BA uniform came running across and with little envelopes with 100 quid in and basically said, shut up. <laughs> 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 I 
But anyway, so I flights from hell. They've read the book. They want the hundred quid back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's extremely interesting. Yeah, I remember it now. So a lot of silly flights. A lot yeah. of you know. But um, I just want to remind our public that we are speaking to extra special. Jeremy Thompson, Yay. and he has written a book called Breaking News, and I've read it. It's wonderful. It's it's spellbinding, and you can actually read it again because such a lot mm. of facts. You, you spoke about why did I think about the Pope now when you spoke? Because I remember that you were. Unf- well, I went to the Holy Land. Yeah, but but you the- were just too late for the death. You you were just away. Oh no no I did. Pope and the Holy Land, I covered that when Pope John Paul went to the Holy Land, which yes. was a great trip. Yes, yes. yes. yeah, I'm that's not, Israel, hey. Yeah, yeah. and um, I remember at the end getting a, a very nice letter from uh, from a Roman Catholic clergyman in Ireland said, uh, who said, Dear Jeremy, I enjoyed it very much. I don't know if you are a Catholic, but if not, you should be. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then Please I ended up in Rome in 2005 for the death of Pope John Paul II, and we were on watch for hours and days and sitting on rooftops overlooking the Vatican. And I finally said to the crew after about four days, Shh, we need a sit-down meal, you know. So we went and ordered the super meal, and I'm literally I've got this nice bit of beef tagliata, Roman style, on the fork, driving towards my mouth when the phone goes, he's died. <gasps> Drop the ch- out again, <laughs> back to the, yeah, and 48 hours later we're still there and then the white smoke comes up and mm. there's a new Pope. Yeah, and, and then you've got to yeah, tread news water until Yeah, that yeah, yeah, but it was interesting. I'd never done a white, you know, Sistine Chapel white smoke before. It looked great to us. Mm. I mean, we were really <laughs> Is it white confused. now or not? <laughs> well, it's sort of, apparently they chucked a bit more chemical on it to make it white in yeah. the end and then my cameraman said so when we heard it was ratzinger the um the german guy uh my cameraman being you know like cynical news people are said yeah i knew it'd be him because there's a towel over the balcony already just like germans do on the beach uh, <laughs> <laughs> um you i asked you to send me a, a, a name of a song because we have got a section here which we call Stoff Poopies, which means basically golden oldies. Yeah. And I asked, uh, what song do you remember from years gone by? Um, so let me just play this thing and then I'm going to ask you to tell me about Takishi's Castle because yes. they are uh, helping us with the section. Oh, and then Jeremy had uh, some. Th- Strange music which I love, but I never <laughs> knew of this. It was before you well before. So I saw this on Comedy Central called Takeshi's Castle, and I wrote about it on my website, and they actually said, well, there's a competition. Yes. So I said, well, let's talk about it. So what is this competition? Well, Takeshi's Castle is one of the craziest shows on Comedy uh, Central. Uh, it's now a, a Thailand version, and Rob van Feeren is doing kind of a local commentary on it uh, the whole time. And, and it's uh, hundreds of, um, obviously, very eager participants. people, eager participants going through all these uh, obstacle courses in the hope to eventually make it all the way to Takeshi's Castle. So um, this um, uh, competition, um, uh, you need to round up your squad. So you have to get as many people as you can uh, together. Squad is like, like offers. Like, yeah, like your team. Your chomis. Your chomis, your, your, your pala. Your peeps. Yeah. 
And then you need to mud up. And this is literally mud. We need, they want mud on you. Um, you know, because Thailand trips don't come easy. So, so you must mud up like a pro. It could be one stripe of mud on your face or you could be smothered in it. Um, it's just up to you, uh, how much mud you want around. Um, and then you record a war cry using your smartphone or any kind of video recorder. You capture your totally awesome, cashy, crazy war cry. Um, with your friends or on your own. And then ultimately, you post a video on social media and tag at Comedy Central AF. Um, that's Africa. Not, not as not, far. Not, not not, as far. Yes. And use the hashtags, um, hashtag take his castle or hashtag mud up Warcry, And then you stand a chance to win big prizes. Um, so uh, Takeshi Castles, uh, Thailand is every Wednesday at 9 o'clock Central African time on DSTV channel 122. There are terms that you need to uh, uh, keep in mind, uh, terms but and conditions, but you stand a chance to win a trip for four to Thailand. If you basically. mud up. You must mud up, do a war cry, put it on social media, with, um, tagging in at Comedy Central AF. Um, and the hashtags uh, take his castle and hashtag mud up. Takeshi's castle. Takeshi's castle. Yeah. <laughs> I love those stops and <laughs> ee and stuff. It's so <laughs> wonderful. It's wonderful. So that is well, like from a, your a very view. early memories in yeah. the late fifties, early sixties. That I'm that old. Uh, it was Skiffle, which mm. was a, briefly appeared on the the musical skyline and sort of disappeared again and it was an an odd mix of blues and jazz and all sorts of things mainly played with homemade instruments so the famous thing was the the washboard, the washboard. bass mm. uh, sorry the washboard and then the tea chest bass a tea chest with a broom handle and strings across okay. and you know uh, uh, you you wore uh uh what you call them when you're sewing uh, oh, you put them thumb. on your thumbs. A thumb, thumb, yeah. Thumb, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you put the thimbles on the end of your fingers and scrape a washboard. Uh, and it was kind of improv music of the late it. 50s, early 60s. Well, with I know silly the Stones were heavily yeah. influenced um, by skillful music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jimmy yeah. Page's yeah. first appearance on television was, I think, as a teenager in a skiffle band. Mm. Yes. Oh. Yeah. It's got that. George Formby yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're so just happy the whole time yeah. So it's a bit yeah. of folk It's a bit of country It's yeah. a bit of jazz It's a bit of fun And the other one I said to you Was My Old Man's a Dustman Yeah, yeah Which was the other one so, I've got him but, I've got him but Just this great humour in them mm. You know Yeah My Old Man's a Dustman He wears a Dustman's hat yeah, I, I love that. Yeah. When I'm cleaning windows. Yeah, that's George Formby, yeah. Yes. yes. That's pre-skiffle. Yes, the dustbin. Man. That moves away your dust. Some people make a fortune. Others 
earn a mint. My old man don't earn much. In fact, he's flipping skint. Oh, my old man's a dustman. He wears a dustman's hat. He wears gold blimey trousers and he lives in the council flat. He looks a proper nana in his great big cocktail boots. He's got such a job to pull them up, but he calls them Daisy Roots. <laughs> some folks give tips at Christmas and some of them forget. So when he picks their bins up, he spills some on the step. Now one old man got nasty and to the council wrote. Next time my old man went round there, he punched him up the throat. Oh, my old man's a dustman. He wears a dustman's hat. Ah, oh, lovely, <laughs> lovely, lovely. Well, that's different, isn't it? Hey? It is. What what constitutes cool blimey trousers? Cool blimey what makes trousers? your trousers cool blimey? Well, big, blimey. big wide ones with uh, a string round uh, instead of a belt. Uh, yeah, cool uh, blimey, blimey trousers. Very cool me. Yeah. Well, the book is called Breaking News. You can get it on ice. I what um. Surf, take a lot on the web. You can get it there. It's there. It's exclusive books. It's on uh, Kindle as well if you want it. If you want to be Lani, you can have the, the Kindle version. And it is an ex- excellent book. I, I've still got so many questions, but our time is running out. But I quickly want you to tell South Africans something which they wouldn't know. And that is that you had a lot of power cuts in the 70s. Yes, we had a three-day week. Yeah, tell us. Yeah, about that. well, at, at the it was when the first round of miners' strike started. A lot of industrial unrest. Looking back on it, it was basically the end of the industrial revolution. It was starting to wind down. Primary industry was starting to be overtaken by the new economies of the world of Asia and so on. So, and the Eastern Europeans who could produce coal cheaper gas cheaper, make ships cheaper and so on. So Britain was struggling and the unions were strong in those days, kicked up a big fuss. It was basically a showdown and it ended with a three-day week where they, you know, the unions had brought so much of the country to a standstill that they had to ration power. And I was on a local radio station at the time and we were kind of editing our tapes, our quarter-inch tapes by candlelight yeah. and having to sort of crank the machines around by hand. Uh, it was real tough. I mean, it was, you know. It's like and war. It, yeah, it, it, uh, yeah, it, um, uh, yeah, it's not quite ESCOM, but... You know, <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. Uh, <laughs> That's why I want you to tell it. But uh, Ted Heath, uh, cost Ted Heath, the Conservative Prime Minister, his government, Harold mm. Wilson came back into power mm. as a result because he was more sympathetic, Labour government with the unions and so on. But it was the beginning of a decade of sort of political wow. unrest and economic unrest and union unrest with Arthur Scargill and the flying pickets and the miners' unions being very powerful until... Maggie Thatcher mm. basically crushed them, yeah. uh, and some order was restored, but at quite a cost. And I was working up in the north of England then, which was obviously the industrial heartland. I drove by mills, steel mills, and coal mines every day. I mean, the dark satanic mills, uh, as they called them. And uh, it was pretty impressive landscape for me, a kid from the the soft south of England, mm. you know, near London. Uh, and there were dark days, and a lot of those communities who relied on these single industries were were broken mm. by it, really. I mean, slowly they've evolved and come back with the new secondary indus- industries, the service industries. They've found new ways of making money. But 
it was um, tough times for a it lot sounds, of people. Yeah, no. yeah. um, you've got a story, Hannes, about a gun and a bear. Uh, yes. Uh, because we have to round up the show now. Yes. Unfortunately. I've got so many questions still. I'm just going to want to go through what, uh, is every, what is in the book. I'm just going to mention it. But if you can tell us that story, well, well, it, because it, it was quite funny for me. Um, <laughs> it, it happened to, to a friend of mine who, uh, who's Canadian. Yeah. And, and he was hiking with his girlfriend yeah. in northern Alberta. And then this huge brown bear came charging towards them. Um, and, and, and this brown bear was clearly very, very aggravated. It was a proper grizzly. And, um, they must have been near one of her cubs or something. And if he had not had his little jet fire Beretta pistol with him, then he would not have been alive today. How so? No, no, because it was just one shot to his girlfriend's kneecap was all it took. And then she couldn't <laughs> run away and the bear <laughs> went for her. So uh, oh, it's his, it's the yes. best pistol in his collection. <laughs> Fantastic story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so my there's no time to tell the Black Mamba story. Anyway. <laughs> you can read about uh, all kinds of stuff. There's a very classic in Britain interview with the post box, which I think is a stunning story. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Yorkshire Ripper. Oh, wow. Uh, a very good friend of Jeremy took that iconic picture of the t- Diamond Square with the guy in front of the tank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you went through two coops in Fiji. I interviewed a murderer of the Soa murderers. You, you did, yeah. Uh, two, but, a day before he was arrested he was, for it. Before you knew. When we didn't know he was a murderer. Wow. But, wow. Uh, and Who was we, that? And they sort of gave him, he gave himself away in your interview, in a way. In a way. Yeah. I think the police started, look, went back and looked at him again, and the next day they charged wow. him with murder. And then there was two little missing girls uh, uh, in a rural part of, the Fenlands of Eastern England. It was a very tragic story. These girls disappeared. They'd been at a the parents' bry on Sunday afternoon, went to get some sweeties from a local store and vanished into thin air. Two weeks later, this guy was charged. He was the school caretaker. And I interviewed him because he said he was the last guy to see them alive and they'd wandered off down the road. Mm-hmm. In fact, what he'd done is taken them, take them into his house, sure. done what he did and then disposed of them. It was a tragic mm-hmm. story, but... So I interviewed him, and like most psychopaths, he was a very good liar. Mm. Yeah. You also stared death in the face more than once. Yeah. That's quite uh, scary. Very, yeah. The time to be scared is when you don't think you're scared anymore. But that's when you're on duty, you're doing news, and then you nearly die. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, Rwanda, the genocide, Somalia, and the... Civil War, places like that, you know, the first Gulf War, the Yugoslav War, the Iraq War in 2003, where I spent a month inside in the desert reporting, you know, presenting every day from there. Yeah, I mean, there were some scrapes. We were close. When you have a microphone and a camera, do you have another kind of fearlessness than if you were alone and you had to walk? Maybe, maybe this, uh, you work as a small team. I think the. The cameraman probably feels, not fearless, but gets so absorbed in looking through the Mm. viewfinder and concentrating Mm. that you have to act as their eyes and ears. So I'm probably generally more scared because I'm guiding Mm. them around and I'm going, hey, hey, there's a man with a gun over there. Let's let's get out of here, man. Let's (laughs) leg it or whatever. So I'm, I'm not sure. I found myself in a state of some... Anxiety quite a lot, should we yeah. say. Mm. <laughs> and, and now you, but I've got two suggestions, if I may. Yeah. 
you have to teach people now how to do news because I think humans would still be around for a while. Yeah. Uh, if you listen to headless news like Euro News, it's not that interesting, and I. Uh, uh, as interesting as you can identify with the reader, you know, and I believe you. If you mm-hmm. when you read the news, I believe Good. Jeremy is not lying. Mm-hmm. This is the truth. <laughs> <laughs> so you actually have to teach people because you know so much now. Well, not sure you can teach integrity, but I mean, I quite simply, if anybody wants to go into the business, that all I would say is. Beware of fake news because it's a great threat to us all and threat to mainstream journalism. I Mm. simply set out to tell stories about the world in which I live as honestly and straightforwardly as I can, not to make people's minds up, Mm. but to help them make up their own minds by giving them the raw material of information and factual information that I checked and double-checked and treble-checked. So I didn't want to make up people's minds. I never saw that as my job. I'm just a messenger, mm. just a guy who goes out there and sees it, tries to listen to all the sides involved, tries to tell it as fairly and balanced and impartially as possible and deliver it for you to say, there, I have mm. the raw material. Now I can think about how I shape my view of this story that's going on. Yes, but with the uh, ingenuity of Sky News where you beat the other news channels to certain points, how you how you brought the news quicker. That mm. all counted very much in us watching you. I can't go on because I've got to stop. I've just got to <laughs> sign there. Breaking news. Yeah, I've got breaking news. I've got to stop. So uh, it was a privilege talking to you. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure I coming in to talk to you. I can listen for hours. You can, eh? Mm. At last I can have therapy. My therapy's finished <laughs> now that because I told him Mr. Sharp. <laughs> so bad. Shame. Mel, thank you so much oh, for thank being you, here. Casey. We'll great. see you tomorrow night yes. at the comedy show. And Hannes, I'll see you tomorrow yes, night. Absolutely. Uh, Gavin, you still had some news, but we'll do that next week. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Mr. Thompson, thank you. Jeremy, thank you so much. You. Enjoy pleasure. your stay, and Good. hopefully I'll walk into you again. Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> I'll remember your name. <laughs> <laughs> the friendly ghost. <laughs> This is cliffcentral.com.